I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Managing Editor of Healthcare Info Security. Today I'm speaking with Mark Dill, Director of Information Security at the Cleveland Clinic. Mark will discuss some of the privacy and security initiatives that are high on the priority list at the Cleveland Clinic this year. Hi, Mark. Hi, how are you? Good. First, tell us very briefly about your organization and your role. I'm the Director of Information Security for Cleveland Clinic. Been in my role about a decade. Uh, We're uh, the nation's fourth best hospital. 40,000 workers and trying to be as proactive as we can in the privacy and information security space. Mark, tell us what your top security and privacy priorities are this year at the Cleveland Clinic. Well, the name of the strategy has remained the same for quite some time. It's defense in depth. But what we've done is added to it uh, business enablement. Innovation is one of the cornerstones of our organizations. We're trying to find a way to uh, not stifle innovation and keep things with uh, a reasonable security profile. These days, it's all about understanding the enemy, whether they're external or internal, and uh, what our high-value targets are, how we should protect them, and then adjusting our tactics uh, to be safe. Uh, for us, it's a lot about, uh, it's beyond tools. It's, it's about developing a culture of compliance. It's about maturing our program. It's about looking at risk uh, rather than in silos. You've got information technology risk, you've got enterprise risk, you've got litigation risk. We have implemented enterprise risk management system that allows us to raise our top level level threats all the way to the board level if we have to, so that we have a a reasonable view of um, which threats are most important. We're also in pretty much continuous risk assessment mode these days. We're looking at um, what are the threats, what are the vulnerabilities, while on the technical side, not losing sight of the basics. You know, if you look at the root causes in healthcare, there appears to be some systematic weaknesses, and so uh, you really need to keep uh, and pay close attention to uh, mobile devices, laptops, theft, loss, as well as uh, backup tapes. I mean, the density of the data on a backup tape, if you have an unencrypted backup tape, it's only 1% or a few percent of the number of breaches, but the amount of data that's lost. So keeping track of all that. And once you're beyond the technology, it's still about paper. You have to uh, pay attention to how your paper is being disposed of. With those priorities in mind, what are some of your top security and privacy projects this year at the Cleveland Clinic? Well, in information security, I have three broad areas of responsibility. Traditional information security, compliance, and IT disaster recovery, and business uh, continuity. In the security space, uh, two of the projects that are uh, big on my radar screen this year, uh, data loss prevention and electronic data stewardship. It's really a bundling of important processes, talent, and tools. We're looking at uh, protection against advanced persistent threats. That's ultra-silent spyware that only has one purpose, and that's to steal your data. What are the tools we can put in place to protect against that? Data loss prevention is all about enforcing your appropriate use uh, rules and protecting your intellectual property, trade secrets, and things like that, making sure that you understand how the data is being used at rest, in transit, and on endpoints as well. We're looking at uh, raising the bar on uh, proactive privacy monitoring, being able to tell in real time when appropriate use rules may not be uh, being adhered to, as well as fraud detection. The good news is that uh, you know 99% of workers are, are not committing fraud. The bad news is 1% are, and you need to catch them in the cycle before it costs your organization millions. We also built a Tier 3 data center. I understand it's one of maybe six or seven in the entire country. Uh, 
tier three as opposed to tier two implies that all your controls are redundant. And so we spent the majority of last year moving thousands of systems out of our old data center into a new data center. And as my boss has described, it's kind of like performing open heart surgery. Um, on a patient while they're running the marathon because we did all that with zero downtime. And so a lot of activity there. I'd say we're in a heavily regulated business, perhaps not as much as banking, but if you look at HIPAA, high-tech, meaningful use, the omnibus rule, payment card industry, joint commission, uh, the list of uh, regulations seems endless. We are not required to be compliant with SOX because we're not for profit, but we do have an internal control effectiveness program, make sure that the accuracy of our financials and the controls are where they need to be for that as well. And even in the IT disaster recovery, uh, we can replicate our data from the EMR in real time uh, out to a hot site, but we also have a private cage at our hot site, and we've made investments to keep most of our critical infrastructure spinning warm so that we could uh, restore uh, should there be a disaster you know, in minutes and hours. On the privacy side, uh, some of their top projects are reevaluating re the risk assessment process uh, to now account for what constitutes a breach, getting away from the harm threshold, something far more objective. Um, last year, I rewrote re all of the information security policies. We're implementing them now, and the privacy office will have to do the same. It's a lot about training for them, communication, privacy compliance, awareness, obviously, and um, revising the notice of privacy practice, revising them, posting them, communicating them, and distributing them as well. You mentioned regulatory compliance. What steps are you taking right now with HIPAA omnibus compliance? You also mentioned the privacy notices. Any other steps you're taking right now? Well, there's some general steps and some specific steps. In general, uh, the goal for any compliance program is trying to be right-sized. Uh, you have to accept the fact that you really can't protect everything from every threat, but you have to take reasonable steps to mitigate the risk that you identify. To do that, we use both uh, internal resources for gap and risk analysis, and we also look to external third parties to help us out with that. Uh, we don't use checklists, but we perform you know, real analysis. Uh, we're trying to be defensible. I'm here today talking at HIMSS about how to develop a book of evidence to gather all your artifacts so that uh, you could be ready to present that if asked by Health and Human Services. Um, being mindful of the due care and due diligence principle, that's the value of using qualified third parties. They can also help you assess where you're at in contrast to your peers so that you understand what, the, uh, what your level of maturity should be. They're selecting... Uh, the right process, improvements, the tools, and the talents that are appropriate for us. I mean, our threats and risks are, are different than another healthcare organization, so, you know, uh, that combined with strong governance makes, makes a, a big difference. Specifically, in order to adapt to uh, the rule, you have to read it, and so it implies uh, a collaboration between the law department, compliance, security and privacy, fundraising, IT, marketing is back at the table, and research. You need a steering committee, you need a task force, you need to divide and conquer the rule and come back uh, to find out what your gaps are first and then prioritize what some of those gaps are. Uh, some are going to take a little longer to address and frankly there's just not a lot of time uh, to be compliant. Updating policies, certainly every time you do that you're going to have to change your awareness program, pull out those finer points, make sure your entire workforce understands. and. Actually, uh, we think sometimes that the new hires uh, become the weakest link, especially if they're coming in from outside of healthcare. They don't know a lot about the regulations that govern us. You want to make sure that they have uh, full training and awareness before they start their roles. Uh, that's important. 
again, continual IT and compliance risk assessments with documentation, documentation, documentation. Um, we're trying to create a risk framework, risk assessment framework for the breach notification, really dealing with the removal of the harm threshold and into more objective criteria. Incident response plans, document, document, document. Uh, it's, it's about making sure everybody's aware of the notification timelines too, and then dealing with our business associates. Um, the second talk I'm giving here today is about how you work, how an information security team works with the law department to, to first understand what the risk profile of a business associate is and what can you do contractually to make sure that they raise the bar to be at least as secure as you are so that they don't become the weak link. What would you say will be the biggest challenge of HIPAA omnibus compliance? I think uh, being in continual readiness, that compliance, the culture of compliance that we talked about, um, paper records are still uh, a big challenge and a root cause of a lot of breach. So we talk, a lot, security guys talk a lot about um, digital security, but paper can't be forgotten. And complying with this restriction of out-of-pocket payments, uh, I think that will be solved operationally. But what I might be called upon to do is, with some of these new tools that we've acquired uh, and processes, what can I do to help validate that someone isn't going to make a mistake and find out about it before you know, we, we find ourselves in a, in a difficult situation? On the privacy side, it's, it's dealing with the updates to notice of privacy practices, revisions of the policies and procedures, and then delivering those privacy practice, notice of privacy practice, review, revise, implement, and train. We're developing internal standards for documenting the probability of a compromise in response to all reported incidents. And again, from the privacy side, uh, they work with me to be ready for any sort of uh, OCR or health and human service audit that might occur. Finally, Mark, as an information security leader, what are your biggest security and privacy challenges or the biggest challenges of the job right now? I think that... Uh, we're at a nexus of forces. There's a couple of drivers in the marketplace. Um, cloud, anything to do with cloud, it is a shared services model, so there's some opportunities for savings. Uh, it comes with additional risk. Uh, mobile devices are going to challenge any organization, particularly uh, the BYOD programs. Uh, so you have to find a way to you know, apply the reasonable security standard there for personally owned assets. Social media, uh, there's great uses for it. You have to go into that with a plan, but the privacy office has uh, concerns about how it's being used. People can all too easily uh, post pictures and content that may not be appropriate to their own Facebook page, and now we have a patient or somebody who didn't authorize their picture to be taken in the background. So those are some concerns. Great. Thank you very much, Mark. I've been speaking with Mark Dill, Director of Information Security at the Cleveland Clinic. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee for Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.